Merry Christmas. It's uh, still the Christmas season, how beautiful it is, although I think many people have moved on already from the Christmas season. I was driving around last night after Mass, and I was trying to find some Christmas lights. And many houses already have them down. So if your Christmas lights are still up, turn them on. If they're already down, I'm not going to tell you to put them back up. That'd be kind of ridiculous. But next year, keep them up, at least to the Christmas season. Christmas season, by the way, goes all the way to the baptism of the Lord. So that's going to be next Monday. Let's celebrate Christmas. And the church in its infinite wisdom, always on the first, or if there's a Sunday in the solemnity, uh, the octave of, of Christmas, we celebrate the solemnity of the Holy Family. And that's what we have today. Now the church has this, of course, because the Holy Family we know is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Just a beautiful image of Joseph and Mary gazing upon uh, the Lord. But also it's a beautiful gift of this, this, this day because we know that, that family life can be often, can be, can be difficult. Recently I was talking to someone and he asked me, he said, what's your least favorite holiday? And before I could even respond, he goes, mine's Christmas. And I said, tell me more, Scrooge, why is Christmas your least favorite holiday? He says, because it's all wrapped up so often in, in gifts and family obligations, and, and this worldly things. He says, I can't wait for Christmas to get over. And I thought, how sad. How sad that is. We want Christmas to be, to be over. Maybe that's why the Christmas lights are already down. And yet, we know, we know that Christmas should never, you know, we're not coming to an end here. Instead, we're still celebrating that birth of Christ and celebrating the Holy Family as well. Church in its infinite wisdom gives us readings today about, we could say, familial life, how to live as a family. Of course, we have the beautiful gift of, of the presentation with Mary and Joseph presenting Jesus in the temple. It's a beautiful thing for, for you as parents. We know that we, we do this when we're presenting the child back at, at baptism. Lord, this is your child. And also, we know we can do this every single time we come to Mass, laying down our, our family at, at the altar. Uh, there's a, a beautiful tradition that many of you guys have offering masses for your, your children. I know for one family, I'm like, oh, it was so-and-so's birthday this week because I said mass for this, you know, 14-year-old, whatever it may be. That's a beautiful thing to be able to offer your, your children, this presenting to, to them. We also have more about the, uh, the familiar life in our readings from the second reading in the first reading. So I want to do a couple uh, kind of deep dives into those today. Our, first, our second reading from St. Paul to Colossians, I think, is a beautiful passage where maybe this should be the rules of the family life. You know how in classrooms, the teachers say, these are classroom rules? Well, I think these maybe should be our family rules that St. Paul writes the letter of the community of, of Colossia. It says what? Put on, God, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, this. Heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. How beautiful would that be? Maybe have that posted someplace in your, in your house for the rules of our family. We're going to be compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, patient, forgiving one another. He goes on, and over all these, put on love, 
That is the bond of perfection. What is love, by the way? Love is willing the good of the other, not for your own personal gain, but for their gain, that they may experience this great gift of yourself to them. We hear about this later in St. Paul's letter to Colossians, this, this passage where we've heard before, I've done deep dives into it before, so we're not going to go too deep into it today, but this somewhat controversial passage where it says, Wives, be subordinate to your husbands, as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness to them. We know that, that later, in another part in St. Paul's letter, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So what does that love look like? That love of giving of yourself completely. The selfless love. The agape love not holding any bitterness, but instead submitting to one another because you know the other one is willing the best thing possible for you, the good of you. And so in married life, it's being vulnerable with one another. It's letting one another help each other. Help each other to what? To experience Christ. To experience the gift of his love and his peace. St. Paul goes on to write as well about how you're called to parent or how to be a child, right? Children, obey your parents in everything. I'm not sure that's a rule you should put up in your house all the time, right? But children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. It goes on, fathers, mothers as well, do not provoke your children. Don't poke the bear, right? You know how to do that. They know how to do that as, as well. But St. Paul is saying, don't do this so that they may not become discouraged. Selfless love of parents and of children as well. We go back to the book of Sirach. And Sirach's writing more about the children who now are, are older. And this is a beautiful thing because we even know in our own life that there's an adjustment there's an adjustment in our life when we start to reach, you know, maturity, when we try to start to reach into adulthood. There's this transition that happens. For girls, it usually happens, by the way, between about 12 and 15, where it's almost like a disconnect between them and their mom. This is a little bit of a hardship because there's a little, uh, I don't know, two heads butting up against each other. This is much more visible, by the way, for boys from the age of about 16 to 18, with their father and their butting aheads may actually be butting aheads some, sometimes, but that gets reconciled usually for the girls about 18 to 20 and for the boys with their father about 22 to 26. It's not across the board, but this is usually what will happen. And that's because they're trying to grow into their own. And yes, they still want to obey their parents, but also they're saying, I want to be on my own. And so Sirach is writing now and saying, okay, Yes, still called to obey in some places, of course. But even more important, he says what? To honor. To honor your father. And it says for your mother to revere her even higher up, right? Honor your father. Revere your mother. For this too is pleasing to the Lord and it atones for one's sins. So it's almost this penitential act, we could say, 
that as we're honoring our father, as we're revering our, our mother, that we're actually doing some sort of penance, that, that, that work of mercy as well. But this is how we're called to, to live our life. It goes on as well and even explains when parents get older. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten. So beautiful. So often I'll see you, the parishioners, bringing your parents to Mass the same way that your parents brought you uh, to, to Mass. Can't help but to, to see the Matsons up here. And I just remember your, your mother all the time being in a, in a wheelchair with a blanket over her, but that's because she wanted to be to Mass. And every single Sunday, you would bring her. When she passed away, you started bringing this voice to Mass, right? This is beautiful thing, and uh, it's just so beautiful and edifying when children are able to help, to help their parents, to experience the Lord as well. What a great honoring that that is. You know, recently I was, I was with a parishioner, and he said, Father, I have, a, I have a homily idea for you. Once again, I always take those with a grain of salt, right? Not every homily idea gets into my homily, by the way. It's not going to happen. But this one, it was, it was a good homily idea. And it was, he's an, he's an older gentleman. He's in his 90s now. His sight is failing. His memory is, is failing. And he said, you know, if, if you ever need a pro-life idea, say this to, to young couples, if, if possible, if they're able to have children. The Lord has blessed them that way. Tell them to have children. They truly are a gift. Because now that I'm older, he said, they take care of me. Without them, I couldn't live this way. And I told him, well, that's, that's a really good homily idea. He goes, no, no, Father, that's a great homily <laughs> idea. And you could tell it was the, the truth that he was speaking, that his children were there for him. And he said, tell those young couples, if at all possible, have children. You're not going to regret it. Parents, you can speak to that truth right now, I'm sure. And we need to tell our younger generation this. So often now, so many people are saying, I'm going to put off having children, or I'm not going to have children at all. What are they depriving themselves of? A great gift. And it's not being selfish to have them either, by the way. It's like, oh, when I get older, you're going to take care of me. That's not why. But instead, so you can spread the faith to them so that you can, you can well, point them towards Christ. The same way that parents do when they bring their children to baptism, bringing them to the Lord, presenting them to the Lord, the one who truly created them. What a great gift family is. What a great gift we have. Now, yes, it does not mean that there's not issues in families. We know that there is, and so we always pray for the intercession of the Holy Family to reconcile any differences 
any hardships, any, any unforgiveness. But in that same sense, we also know that family is a school of love. We don't choose our family. We know that, right? But it gives us the opportunity to learn how to, to love, to be selfless, and to truly experience, experience that great grace of family life. And so today, as we celebrate this great feast of the Holy Family, we turn towards the Holy Family, asking for their intercession, that our families may be blessed, and we may always be like, jo- like Mary and Joseph, as a family gazing upon Christ and letting him be the peace that gives us all that we long for. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.